Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yehudim, Shalom Nebenei Noach, Shalom Negoyim. It's the evening of the fourth day. Erev Beis B'mach Yishvan, Parashas Noach, Tavshin Pei Gimel 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 25 October 2022. You're listening to Phantom Nation, a.k.a. the program program. Second of six podcasts sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com. That's for the number on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com coming to you from... Occupied Palestine. Just kidding. The most coveted piece of real estate on the third planet from the sun. So, uh, on Sunday and Monday, uh, our superb raiders, in two separate operations, slew six murderous Muslims, wounded uh, 30 of their friends uh, that the uh, post-religious MSM called Palestinian nationalists. Leastwise, ynetnews.com did that. The last two months, our warriors have been engaged almost nightly in lethal, deadly violence with these people. Last night, they sustained no casualties, thank God, though according to ynetnews.com, the electronic version of the Idiota Haronot, formerly the most read newspaper in Israel, there were, as I say, 30 Palestinian casualties. And I ask why they call them Palestinians when there's nothing Palestinian about them, and why do they call them nationalists? When the mob, this mob of Ishmael clones who attended the funerals yesterday of the five were chanting, Haibar, Haibar, Ya Yahud, which uh, freely translated and interpreted means, uh, remember, O Jews, remember Haibar, an oasis, when in year six of Islam, believers in the one true faith invaded and overran and defeated and subjugated the peaceful Jewish community there. Today's Jews must remember that. And it will happen again, close quote. This chanting is an Islamic behavior. It's not the behavior of Palestinian nationalists. A Palestinian nationalist would be singing the Palestinian national anthem called Fidai. And that's a religious concept, a faithful one who sacrifices and redeems himself. In the 1950s, there were no Palestinian freedom fighters. The assassins in those days were called, called themselves fidayin, same word in the plural, those who th- sacrificed themselves to uh, redeem their sullied honor. And the reason Islam, not Palestinian nationalism, burns in their hearts and throats is that there never was a Palestinian people with a history of episodes the nation that could call upon for inspiration that all people knew. Remember when the Palestinian National Museum opened in Ramallah in 2013, every gallery, every room, every wall, corridor was empty of anything produced by a person calling himself a Palestinian and being called that by others. There is no Palestinian history for these Ishmaelites to look toward for inspiration. All they have is Islam, and that justifies their continuing to be barbarians. Islam was only partially successful, and taming these Ishmaelites, it drew them away from animism and other pagan metaphysics like worshipping idols, but it could not transform Ishmael's essential spirit, that of an undomesticated jackass. 
Israelis are their own worst enemies. In living in this bubble of words invented by Dr. Joseph Bailey, PhD, and other leftist knuckleheads, a world in which there is a Palestinian nation, which just like the Jewish nation has rights, and Israel has to make peace with the Palestinians, the victims of Zionism, however unintentional, when that narrative is a fiction. The Palestinian nation in history was never the victims of uh, Zionism because there were no Palestinians in history, certainly not during the movement uh, called Zionism at its birth. This country was uh, sorrowfully barren a century and a half ago, uh, and when the Palestine mandate kicked in in the 1920s, that attracted Jews and Jewish capital to build up this backward country uh, under Muslim rule for the better part of 14 centuries. But the mandate also attracted waves of Muslims uh, looking for work. And in 1948-49, when thousands of these migrant workers uh, from all over the Middle East ran for their lives from the fighting, no one, themselves included, called themselves Palestinians. Because in truth, none of them were native to the country. They came from all over the Arab world, from Morocco, Iraq, uh, Yemen, Syria, which is why they were called the Arab refugees, not the Palestinian refugees. So contemporary Israel is stymied by its own defective perception of the enemy. Understandably, Israel does not want to rebrand the violence here as religious, which is what it is. Israel rightly fears uniting the 56 Muslim states against us. Better to minimize the conflict and keep it confined just to these little old Palestinians and to pretend that Islam has nothing to do with it. And so our political leaders see the Palestinians, as they are called, and the West Bank as a community of nationalists, among whom um, there are some violent extremists that Israel has to root out. The top story today is the return in this regard to targeted killings, assassinations, is another way of putting it, in Janine and Nablus. On Sunday, uh, one of their big shots, Mr. Tamer Kilani, was about to mount or did mount his motorcycle, and, and for some reason it exploded and killed him. And last night, it seems our unbelievably courageous defenders penetrated to the very heart of the Kasbah in Nablus, armed with a new policy. No more attempts to arrest and try a terrorist in a court of law. No more of that. Indeed, Mr. Kilani had already been arrested and tried and served time for terrorist activity to no good uh, outcome. He was let out. These Israelis, I tell you, to borrow from the Psalms, they mit halachim, they walk around in darkness. What do they think they're doing by releasing such a beast on two feet back into society, who, in fact, when released, uh, was responsible for one of the recent murders of a Jew here, which is why his motorcycle suddenly exploded and killed him. They had uh, this uh, conscienceless brute in prison, and they let him out. Well, the new policy sounds healthier. And that the uh, arrest of the barbarian and put him in a court of law technique uh, it was not being used at this point. The unit of soldiers, uh, special agents in Nablus last night, did not try to penetrate the apartment and arrest the bad guys within. Rather, from outside, they fired missiles into the apartment used by this latest gang to store their weapons and ammunition and plan their next two killing episodes, calling themselves the Lion's Den, uh, our men, it seems, just 
blasted that apartment from outside and killed five of this gang of bloodthirsty Jew-hating Muslim murderers. Unfortunately, WynetNews.com, typical of secular Israeli journalism, called them five militants, <laughs> and their lines then gang a militant group. Oh, good. Militant can be used without necessarily uh, associating to violence. A striking labor leader who wants to strike to get his way, he will be called militant. He wants to call a major strike and paralyze the port. That's militant too. It suggests an energetic political group in that regard, which does not necessarily connote murder as a legitimate weapon in one's cause. Uh, in this case, though, there is no political agenda other than politicide, namely the destruction of a polity, a state of Jews living free of Muslim dictatorship. And since the font and fuel of their passion is religious, that leads to satanic terrorist horrors like 9-11. That was way beyond militant. Uh, these infernal eruptions of evil lately, including the glorification of suicide as a glorious religious behavior, no less than killing Jews, uh, are our problem. In any case, official Israel is not wrong to exterminate these anti-Semitic evil Muslim assassins. Though Israeli self-defense might improve immeasurably by a mental rebranding of these Arabs. The sky will not fall. Official Israel someday declares it will no longer go along with the politically correct practice of calling these Arabs in Judea and Samaria Palestinians because there's nothing Palestinian about them. And it's their religion that is the problem. Their religion is incapable of letting the Jewish nation live free of Islam. Uh, that had been the relationship for 14 centuries. Ynetnews.com and other Israeli media outlets and officials should also self-respect alone stop using the name West Bank to label Samaria and Judea. And that couplet, in fact, Samaria and Judea in that order, was used in the 1947 partition plan. There was no West Bank in 1947. As in Auschwitz, the Germans deleted our human and Jewish names and instead tattooed into our flesh a serial number as if we were diseased cattle being registered for destruction, and so that is the purpose of West Bank, to make people forget the real name is Judea and Samaria. Today, the anti-Jew has got much of the world to delete Judea and Samaria as the names of this territory. Judea, the, the name that gave birth to the very words Jew, Jews, Judaism. So when Jews use these words, this is pathetic self-abasement. Now 
And that was Aviel. Yeah, one of the markers of anti-Jew sentiment in our time is calling Judea and Samaria the West Bank, which, when you think about it, is proof of the non-existence in history of any Palestinians living in these hills. They claim to be the indigenous nation here, but indigenous nations name the natural features of their homeland. They, they give names to their mountains, rivers, lakes, versus West Bank, which is a no-name name. It's a mere topographical description. There must be thousands of north-south streams and rivers on the planet, and every one of them has an east bank and a west bank. Uh, one wants to know what the ancient Palestinians called these hills. And as my book shows, the term West Bank didn't really come into its own until after the Six-Day War. And regarding the future of these hills, it's sad to learn of the Regavim, Regavim NGO in Israel. It does great work that the Israeli government should be doing. They monitor the building of illegal structures in A, B, and C. They keep track of these unauthorized projects funded by enemies in Europe. Uh, leaders of the Jewish communities in the Jordan Valley and Judea and Samaria recently signed a letter, a joint letter, and that they sent to fellow residents reporting that Defense Minister Benny Gantz has throttled Jewish construction and he tolerates in its place uh, and even encourages the building of these thousands of structures by the enemy. This is functionally pathological. These Muslims, financed by post-Christian anti-Semites in the West, are the enemy, and no good can come from behaving as if they are not. As if uh, the strengthening of the presence of the enemy in Judea and Samaria will uh, advance Israel toward peace? Not that anyone should be surprised. Benny Gantz was raised uh, as an adult in the same hothouse of shallow social democratic values and ideas as his predecessors in his profession, the IDF. Uh, the IDF was created in 1948 by the collectivists in the kibbutzim and the moshavim, the communes and the collective villages. They dominated the army from the get-go. They dominated the government, the, the National Labor Organization, for the next three decades. Benny Gantz, if memory serves, was the uh, head of OC of Central Command in October 2000, when Ehud Barak, uh, a soulmate of his, a socialist kibbutznik raised by atheists, uh, he was the prime minister, and both of them presided over doing nothing to save soldier Madhat Yusuf at the tomb of Joseph. He was left to bleed to death, because as I imagine, as an old leftist Israeli flame once explained to me, you don't fight over religious places and, th and things. So Benny Gantz has no sentiment for the land called Judea and Samaria. His camp, the camp of Rabin and Perez and Balin, and also Meirav Michaeli, head of uh, the Labor Party these days, they all believed in 1993 and still believe that a comfortable Palestinian community created in Judea and Samaria is the road to peace. Elevate their standard of living and they will stop hating us and start to like us. And for those who don't know Melav Michaeli, who she is, she is the uh, ministress of the current government, ministress of um, transportation, and uh, head of the now very much shrunken Labor Party. Once upon a time, they ruled with 44 seats at the max. Today, they have seven seats. And ministress Michaeli just replied on Channel 12 
to an audience member who asked her for an explanation of why she had frozen transportation projects for settlers in Judea and Samaria. And this was her answer. Quote, It's a shame to invest in a place that at the end of the day won't be part of Israel. Close quote. Now, uh, this has two dimensions of ugliness. One, as a Jewess, she obviously has no sentiment for Judea and Samaria. Secondly, as a human being, she is callous beyond belief in imagining a future in which either half million Jews choose to remain in their homes and under a new Muslim Brotherhood government, as happened in Gaza following the retreat, or these half million Jews, these families, these children, these old people, these pregnant women will have to uproot themselves and go live someplace else. And never mind the expense of such a massive relocation project. Who will pay for this? The coldness in this woman's heart for half a million Jews who she believes should be evicted from their homes, the ones that they built for themselves, who paid for, raised their children in, takes my breath away. Like Yair Lapid, who also has no Jewish understanding of anti-Semitism, we've seen that. No affection for the essence of Jewish life, the religion, over thousands of years. And when there were no secular Jews like him, there never was such a thing until the modern period. And it's an oxymoron to be a Jew and use that term to identify oneself is to identify as of the line of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, especially with Mother Leah, who thanked God for her fourth son, Yehuda a name she came up with from the verb to thank. When secular means opposed to religion, therefore a secular Jew means a God-thanking opponent of religion. It makes no sense. This woman's statement, in any case, I found it shocking for its coldness toward fellow Jews who, she has to agree, have every right in creation to live in Judea and Samaria peacefully and in prosperity and security. No post-1967 Jewish community built in Judea and Samaria resulted in some Arab being turned out of his home and into the life of a homeless vagabond. Who is Me'av Michaeli? Who is anybody to deny the right of Jews to live peacefully in Judea and Samaria, doing no harm whatsoever to the Arabs in the vicinity? In post-war America, where some real estate developments advertise themselves in the newspaper as a restricted community, which was code for no Jews allowed, certainly no Negroes either, and Melav Michaeli appears to endorse declaring Judea and Samaria a restricted area, no Jews allowed. This is revolting. Part of the secular Israeli character that sees in Israel a state like other states in which religion should play no role. Sentiment for Judea and Samaria is for such types chauvinistic, primitive tribalism associated with religion when one of their heroes, Karl Marx, called religion the opiate of the masses... She's also the type who, in fact, does live, not as married, to a TV entertainer. Uh, they live together without benefit of clergy. In a word, uh, she is a non-Jewish Jewess in her behavior. Of course, such types have no feeling for thousands of years of Jewish history in Judea and Samaria. It means nothing to such hedonistic narcissists.
And that was a classic melody for the Chadodi we sing on uh, Friday nights uh, from Mickey Rosenbaum. So uh, we left off with uh, Merav Michaeli, surely an anti-Jew Jewess, which is not to be confused with an anti-Semitic Jewess because that dishonest word has become inseparable from the Holocaust and images of mass murder, and, and that's not the point. The word anti-Semite uh, was in its day in late 19th century Germany, and dishonest invention, and then as today's homophobia and Islamophobia and transphobia, these these terrible words. Anti-Semitism was in the same class, and it was invented in the same period as Marx was smearing religion as opium, and Charles Darwin was debunking the Bible. The loss of faith in Christianity in the 19th century was widespread, and it had the inadvertent result of depriving Jew haters with the deicide lie that all Jews were guilty of killing Jesus. When you no longer believe in Jesus, uh, you no longer can hate Jews for killing him. Uh, but uh, people still hated Jews in any case and felt uncomfortable in their presence after the emancipation allowed them a presence in the public square as never before. So malevolent Gentiles had to come up with a new way of recoiling from Jews and this was to rebrand the Jewish nation as a race, when there is no Jewish race and never was. In fact, Jews are arguably for being dispersed to the four wings of the world, to use the Hebrew, the most racially mixed nation on earth. And in the same 19th century, philologists studying languages use the name Shem, son of Noah, to label Hebrew and cognate languages, the Shemitic languages, like the Romance languages, uh, over time the H fell away, and what remained was the word Semitic, which again originally was a linguistic term having nothing to do with race. What the Jew haters did was pilfer the term from philology and invent anthropologically, historically, an ancient Semitic culture when there never was such a thing. German academic Jew haters appropriated the term for the sinister purpose of maintaining Jewish isolation from society. To be anti-Semitic was to oppose the integration of Jews into polite Christian society. So Meirav Michaeli is no anti-Semite uh, in its classical con connotation and is certainly not in favor of exterminating the Jews Nazi style. Which is, why, which is why I rarely use the term anti-Semite and prefer anti-Jews. She's an anti-Jew. Uh, she's opposed to the Jewish religion, which is the intellectual spine of the Jewish identity. Like Lapid, she subscribes to uh, a new Jewish identity, an Israeli identity that has nothing to do with religion, and certainly rejects a Jewish presence in Judea and Samaria for religious reasons. In my book, I report not only on Moshe Dayan, who handed back the Temple Mount, because he said it has no religious meaning to Israelis, meaning himself. I also reported on his son Asaf, who sneered he had never set foot in the synagogue and never would. I reported on as well on his first wife, Ruth, who boasted of how, as a little girl in London for a few years, she would only play with the non-Jewish girls, never the Jewish ones. I... Uh, also remember the words of an old lefty Israeli flame who insisted she was not a Jew, but an Israeli. She said she, as a, she's not a Christian because she doesn't believe in Christianity, so don't call her a, a Jew because she doesn't believe in Judaism either. 
And it is this attitude that is really out of place these days in the face of the rising tide of Jew hatred in society, in universities, around the globe, the entertainment world. The State Department, just as a news item, 75 members of Congress just sent a letter to Secretary Blinken complaining about anti-Semitism in his department, which should not surprise. The State Department has always been the most anti-Jew of federal departments. Now this eruption into the world of entertainment as well. It's a bit of a surprise, though, I, I say entertainment advisedly in the matter of this billionaire Kanye West, who's obviously infected with classical Jew derangement. You know, the Jews run everything, and they're out to get him, and never mind, he is out to get to Jews. I also took the time to check out this man's music that I had never heard. Uh, his supporters say he's a musical genius, so I went on to YouTube and sampled mm, no more than a few seconds each of three different selections and was horrified to discover no music at all. Just the garbage of hip-hop, of stringing words together uh, to a monotonous beat. There's no music there. The culture is in serious trouble if what this deranged man puts out is called musical genius. Anti-Jew. Well, it was out there as well a couple of weeks ago and out of the mouth of the highest-ranking Catholic prelate in the UK, Cardinal Vincent Nichols, Archbishop of Westminster, uh, responding to the idea of the UK moving its embassy to Jerusalem just like the US. This was, in his eyes, a terrible thing to do. He said it would damage the possibility of peace. He said the city was to be share a shared common patrimony. Yeah, that old dishonest cliche about Jerusalem being holy to the three great monotheistic Abrahamic faiths. Sorry, but it's not. We Jews do not consider Christianity to be monotheistic. And Islam is in no way Abrahamic. We know this from Abraham himself, who expelled his own firstborn son, future father of the Arabs, born to a Hamitic, not a Semitic woman, uh, who, as prophesied, turned out to be a wild asthma man and no fit inheritor of the teaching of Abraham, the kindest man in his generation in the world. Ishmael was the antithesis of kindness, a wild, sadistic, cruel, tyrannical man, just like lots of Islamic potentates today.
And that was Simply Tzfat. Okay, this has been the second of six weekly podcasts of Phantom Nation. The title is well of a book on Amazon of the same name. Uh, more than one reader has called it the best ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. I'll be back next Wednesday, God willing, and, and when this series is over, the podcast will continue three times a week on www.phantom-nation.com. I'm shy Ben Tekoa. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.